welcome to our podcast. My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? The podcast that totally isn't gonna like come and get the cranberry sauce that you had last night. You know, not the not the not the stuff like the homemade stuff that you made, like the canned stuff. That's the real good stuff. Can we have that cranberry sauce? And while we're here, like you got any other leftovers, like some mashed potatoes and some stuffing, you know, the good like the stovetop stuffing. Oops, we just dropped a brand name. Please don't please sponsor us so time also like some turkey but not the deep fried turkey because y'all seen all the memes are coming out where people like deep fried turkeys and then blow up their entire patio no those are ridiculous anyway we just came by to get like us a plate or two so we'll talk to you later okay bye (laughs) happy post thanksgiving i hope uh, all of you are still alive and haven't been absolutely trampled by fools uh, going for big great deals because it's black friday which i also find offensive it's, it's the Friday in which it's the Friday in which only thing that stands between now and Christmas is time. So please buy our shit. <laughs> yep. And well, also, and now, hey, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. No, Black Friday now is like Black November. Like yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's so long now. It's, There's so many deals online and stuff. It's that's so like, funny. Does anybody really go to Walmart at 5 a.m.? anymore like does that is that still a thing like we be getting like flyers and stuff like black friday came early and i'm like it's august like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep can y'all please relax like i i i get the idea of getting your shopping in and like knowing every like i I would love to be that person and maybe maybe next year I will be that person where it'll be like September 3rd and I'll be like well my Christmas shopping's done like I love that that happens to me every year I'm hey I would love to be you one year like because I don't give Christmas presents (laughs) well I would love to be able to say that I'll that that early in the year my Christmas shopping is done but like (laughs) I you know and maybe this is just like I've always been like a materialistic person. Like I won't lie, but like, I feel like just nowadays it's, I'm like, I don't know what I would want. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I definitely, and when I say like, I'm a materialistic person, like retail therapy is a thing for me. Like mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, I'm sad and I have some money that I, that I can spend on this other thing. So I'm going to buy it and it'll make me feel happy. Yeah. Um, but like, generally i'm like it doesn't work i mean it it, it for, works in the short it, term it's yeah in the short term i'll give you that like <laughs> I, and I and i i will say that like i don't like use retail therapy to like totally cheer me up for like to pull me out of like a depressive episode or anything like that but like it definitely does make me feel better in the short term and then i can go well i have this thing especially when it's something like yeah like when i bought my like when i bought my camera like that wasn't necessarily like a retail therapy thing, but it was like, oh, I want to learn how it works. And so like, I was like exploring mm-hmm. the options in the camera and that kind of stuff. And that like can spark a, a passion, which of course then works in that regard, I guess. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So that that's kind of what I mean. But like, it's like this, like the past couple of years, I'm just like, I don't fucking know. I guess just get me clothes. I don't know. Like, yeah. hey, my, 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 my warm fuzzy socks are kind of worn out because I wear them obsessively because my feet are cold. <laughs> so just get me more of those. I, I don't know. So anyway, yeah. that went on too long. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, no. I know it sounds like a, I sound like a dick when I'm like, I don't get anybody presents. But like, that's not what it is. It's just that 
my parents and I decided a few years ago not to do Christmas presents that Mm -hmm. we together give um, the amount we would have spent on gifts to charity and just use the day as a day to be together. And, um, and most of my friends and I have just basically said like, you know, let's not waste the the money and, and, and that kind of stuff. And that I think for the most part, like my sort of feeling on it is that like, if I see something and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get this for Steph or, oh my God, I have to get this for Amber or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. I just do it. Yeah. Um, And that it's much more meaningful to like on a random Tuesday, be like, Hey, I saw this and thought of you and I needed to get it for you as opposed Mm -hmm. to like, I have to get you something. You have to get me something. I don't know what to get because it's like, yeah an obligation and like Mm -hmm. you know it just it ends up being stuff that is like oh that's sweet I like that but like did I really need that or really really want that maybe not and then I also had to like search for something for you and and like maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't find anything but in a month I'd find something great randomly like yeah it just I don't know it always seems harder to pick out a gift when you like are obligated to give a gift as opposed to like just stumbling across something. <laughs> I won't necessarily disagree with that. I think for me though, like especially like in the time that I have spent being uh, spending Christmases with uh, Steph, I feel compelled to get her something because it makes me feel like I am. In, and I, I understand like people are going to respond to this in the way that they want to respond to this, but like it makes me feel like I am doing a great job you know like whether or not I am is not necessarily measured by like the gifts that I get her for Christmas but it makes me feel like I'm quote-unquote doing my part you know what I mean and that I'm showing that I care um and and so I guess selfishly a little bit it is for me but like I in in times when she's like I don't know what I want I'm like yeah but I I do want to get you something that you're just like oh wow thank you I like love this etc etc like that that Mm -hmm. does it for me in in a way so like eh. so yeah yeah I get it so anyway how is you doing how's your week been that's been fine pretty ordinary just Mm -hmm. trying to I don't know get back into my normal nothing routine (laughs) (laughs) how how are you how are you feeling uh, you know a little bit removed from the the road trip it's been a little bit now but like yeah 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 at the time of this recording I've been back for over a week now Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm glad I did it if I were to do it again I would do it totally differently and that's not to say that it was bad by any means it's just like you learn so much by Mm -hmm. doing and so I just would, I would do some things differently, pack differently and, and plan differently. And yeah, like I, I sort of didn't take into account that it was that I left the day after daylight savings time ended. So mm, yeah. um, I didn't plan for the fact that the sun was going to set at five and that driving in the dark is not one of my strong suits. So, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I pushed myself, felt really proud of myself for doing it alone. Um, and, and 
you know, not having, there's something nice about not having to worry about other people when you're deciding what to do that day or what to eat or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I also really enjoy traveling with friends. So, you know, I don't think this is, I'm not going to just abandon my life and and head out on the road by myself forever. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch Amelia's car just disappear over the horizon. Just goodbye. No, 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 no. Yeah. I know when I first said I was going to do this, friend of the podcast, Amanda was like, you should just sell your house and get an RV and park it in front of my house. And I was like, no, thank you. No, that's, I, I don't want, I don't want van life all the time. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And it was, it was a very pretty journey, I guess. The fall colors were really nice, especially because now here it's just, all the leaves are down. <laughs> it's just waiting for, mm-hmm. for winter. No, no. Um, what would you say was like your favorite part of the trip? I think my favorite part of the trip was I went to a couple of, like I went to a state park in Missouri. And then I also went to like this kind of a similar kind of like a park um, with hiking trails and stuff that those were both, I think, my favorite. Okay. Um, just because they were, it was really pretty, and it just felt nice to be outside, and the the temperature was nice, and I think like those were those were the parts where I didn't really didn't miss traveling with somebody. Like it was nice to just be like, I'm gonna stop here, and I'm gonna walk around and ponder life and stuff. Yeah. Whereas like in the evenings, because it got dark so quickly, I would often spend most of my evenings back at my Airbnb that was the time when I was like well now I miss people now I miss talking to people Mm -hmm. now I'm just sitting here watching tv on my laptop like I would at home like so so yeah but I think like yeah just being outside I'm not a huge outdoorsy person but I do like being outside in the sun yeah like I said the, the nature was really pretty um, at that time so um, yeah I think those were my favorite parts nice nice yeah but otherwise just trying to get back into the back into the swing of things and just trying to figure out what to do next still job hunting mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's getting to be the holiday season now which is not always the best time to be job searching so unfortunately um, yeah yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking and, and pondering what to do next. So yeah. How have you been? How was your? I mean, y'all haven't really missed anything uh, on my end. I, I mean, I have to be cagey and say that I, I did a thing on Monday, which would be like not it would be like last week, Monday, by the time you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, and I, I like signed NDA, so I can't talk about what it was at least, uh, you know, until it comes out. So, but that was, that was a, a quite interesting experience. I really liked it and I love doing um, that kind of work. So that was a great time. But other than that, I can't really say much about my week. Uh, I mean, I played mm-hmm. Pokemon um, that came out, you know, so that, that's been a lot of fun. Um, rekindling my love for that and knowing that like there we're two months away from another Pokemon game coming out oh, is wow. yeah 
they they announced these a while ago. So the the one that's out right now is like a remake of of games that came out in like two thousand and six, which is something that Pokemon uh, and the company and Nintendo does a lot now is because it's like these games were really really great on your Game Boy, which you may not have access to anymore. Uh And like if you try and find a copy of Pokemon Diamond, you know, uh, for the Mm -hmm. DS or what have you, you're probably going to be paying like three to four times what it was worth when it originally came out so to to give like an updated quote-unquote fresh coat of paint to some of these games and re-release them is something that I don't necessarily mind I love getting to replay some of these games and then a brand new Pokemon adventure is coming out in just just over two months I think awesome Um, so I'm excited about that yeah that's great speaking of nostalgia (laughs) (laughs) Look at that segue. Yeah, I did it. (sighs) Be proud, nondescript, not actually my mom. (laughs) Yeah, so speaking of nostalgia, we are going to be talking about Blockbuster and Mm -hmm. video rental today. So get excited about some 90s, 80s, 90s nostalgia. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Do you what? want me to kind of just give the the, the big bre- the the big big breakdown real quick? Sure. We don't? Okay. Yeah. So basically, for anyone who is listening to our voices that like doesn't know what we mean when we say video rental and or blockbuster, <laughs> like and like the two percent of people that may be listening and going, does that mean porn? No, we do not mean porn yeah. uh, <laughs> necessarily. There were some places that carried it, but anyway, point being is that um, when you know, and, you know, as Amelia stated, you know, the, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, there, there were, if you wanted to see a movie after it left the, um, left the theater, so to speak, it typically was released on VHS or tape as, as we colloquially called it. And so if you wanted to see a movie, but you didn't want to own the movie necessarily, you would go to a place like a Hollywood video or family video or Blockbuster, which is obviously going to be the the primary conversation for today, to essentially rent that film for, it was like checking it out, but you had to like pay a little money. So it was like a a library, but you had to pay a little money for that. Mm -hmm. And Blockbuster was probably the most, if, if it, arguably but probably the most well-known of the video rental companies Mm -hmm. um they started obviously just having like franchise shops where you could go in and you could rent films and depending on like what film you were renting or how soon it it had come out you may have to pay like a premium for like if a film just came out on on vhs or what have you you may have to pay more Mm -hmm. um and then obviously when when dvd started taking over to be like the primary like uh media format then they switched to that um so you could do that uh at one point they were all they were also in the gaming business because then you could just rent games so it would be great because Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have to pay a full you know at the time you know 50 40 50 bucks to play if you just wanted to beat a game in a weekend you know or you just wanted to try a game out you weren't on the hook for the full situation there same with like a film if you were just like you know I don't want to commit to owning this film but I do want to see Jingle all the way too like (laughs) yeah that kind of stuff so that that is kind of where uh where it's what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. obviously 
well, not obviously, but like if you don't know their room, and we'll probably cover this, uh, there, there was lots of rumors, if not confirmation, that like at one point Netflix stood to be sold to Blockbuster and they kind of were like, now nah, we're good, fam. And now, I mean, Netflix is... Well, it's Netflix and Blockbuster, spoiler alert, has literally one location in the United States left. Like yeah. just just one. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, so to prepare for today, I watched the Netflix documentary <laughs> <laughs> called <laughs> The Last Blockbuster, which I just What a was... fucking just F you like Right? Jeez. Yeah. So I think it's so hilarious that it's it's streaming on Netflix. I guess I don't know that it was a Netflix like original production or whatever. I don't think so. I think it's just like it was a documentary that was made called The Last Blockbuster and it's streaming on Netflix now. <laughs> um, but yes, so I don't have any confirmation from anybody at Netflix, but I feel like the fact that it's streaming on Netflix means that like it's probably not untrue that yes Netflix did approach Blockbuster about a partnership or a possible buyout at one time in the early 2000s and uh, Blockbuster said no we're good yeah one thing that that I learned about it is that at that point Blockbuster had started its own mail order DVD service like Netflix which if you don't remember when Netflix first got started it was literally you get a DVD in the mail you'd watch it you'd send it back and then you'd get Mm -hmm. the next thing on your list man those days right what an interesting that's how I got through how I met your mother like yep same yeah I got through a lot of stuff that way so at that point Blockbuster was doing that they had the physical stores and they also had some streaming capability, not a lot, because there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of streaming at that point, but like right. they had more of that than Netflix did at the time. So they actually had a hot, like a kind of more robust business model. But one thing that they at least explained in this documentary is that that Netflix, having just gotten started, had gotten all this capital to get started and Blockbuster was in some debt from their physical locations and from, mm-hmm. for some other reasons, franchise stuff and just that kind of thing. And that what really brought them down wasn't so much that uh, Netflix took over dominance, but that the, the financial crisis of 2008, 2009 mm-hmm. really sunk them in terms of their debt. So they weren't able to pay back that debt, whereas Netflix didn't have debt. So it just right. kind of kept climbing. Yeah. So in, I think it was 2014, Blockbuster declared bankruptcy. Most of its stores were liquidated after several months of trying to like recoup from that. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Do you still own a Blockbuster membership card? I don't. I do. Nice. <laughs> somewhere I have one and it's actually from it's actually from 2008 okay because there was a blockbuster video across the so like our our, the campus of the the college that I went to was like kind of just like it wasn't necessarily viewable from one of the main streets in Lincoln Mm -hmm. but like it was a block away so like 
I could I could literally walk off of campus, like leave class, walk to a Walgreens, walk across the street and go to Blockbuster. Like so it was nice. like on the other side of like one of the main nice. streets in Lincoln. So I was like, OK, yeah, sure. Like because I'm playing video games and stuff like that. Like I remember mm-hmm. like renting a, a WWE game from Blockbuster to play it. So mm-hmm. like I don't have like the original one, which was just like a laminated like Blockbuster video logo with the membership card words on it. Uh-huh. I don't have one of those. I don't maybe maybe my guardian has one but like I have like one of like the actual like membership cards someplace mm, it's either here or it's at my guardian's place but I like had photo I like nice. took a photo I was like look at this fucking relic like <laughs> <laughs> right mm. right yeah so yeah so they tried to to come back that did not work throughout this documentary they talked to the general manager of the last remaining blockbuster video store in Bend Oregon and when they first started this documentary, it was like, oh, there's like 12 stores left in the world in 2017. And then it was like, oh, now there are just three stores in Alaska and this store in Oregon. And then by the end of the documentary, it's just that last blockbuster in Oregon. And it is still, it still is currently open. If you Google blockbuster, they still have an official website. Mm-hmm. Um, Dish Network owns them now. And they have continually renewed um, contracts with this this final blockbuster in Oregon. And it was funny because in the documentary, the woman was talking about how, I want to say in like 2019 or something like that, she got a notice that it was like, you know, your fourth and final renewal is up on this day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, final? What does that mean? And so like throughout the documentary, it's like, are are they going to let her renew past that or not? And the whole time that this was happening, like it's gotten so much media um, about being the last blockbuster. And I mean, she talks about being interviewed by, you know, every news station, New York Times, USA Today, Washington Post. Like she's talks about how she's done hundreds of interviews for all these national and international like news sources and stuff. And how people come there for the nostalgia factor and they'll come from far out of town to see it and stuff like that. And, and the whole time that they're talking about like whether or not Dish was going to let them renew using the Blockbuster name and logo and all that stuff. I was like, Dish would be really stupid to say no. Like it literally is costing them like probably nothing to let this one place use this information and use the name and all of that stuff. And they probably still have to pay some sort of fee. So they're probably making money on the deal, even if it's a tiny bit. And the publicity around it, if they said no, would be so terrible at yeah. this point that like, it just would be stupid. But yeah, by the end of it, they were like, yeah, we've renewed. So, but they mm-hmm. don't say for how long. Um, yeah. So, so we'll see. It's, it's like one of those things where it's like, I mean, I don't know. This is a weird, weird slope to go down, but it's like you kind of want to preserve stuff like that from like, like your your older like older society, I guess. Older, like for like, like I don't mean this in a negative term, like relics of society. Like, Mm -hmm. so last night I went to go. I'm last night I made a big mistake and I I went to Burger King, (laughs) and the Burger King that I went to, once upon a time, decades ago had a blockbuster near it 
Mm-hmm. And I still remember where that blockbuster is. And the building itself is still standing. It's now mm-hmm. it's now been taken over completely by an experience fitness. And like in the theater of my mind, I can remember when the experience fitness took over the equivalent of one storefront and then just watched them just buy more and more space in that building until they mm-hmm. overtook the blockbuster because mm-hmm. they were like, well, we're we're moving out like we're we're going out of business so experience fitness is like cool more space for us because we're we're continuing to build but like and i've had these conversations with steph where i was like you know i wish there was a website or something to that effect so that you could say what used to be in this building like what used to be here and have like photos or any anything like that that was like public record to be like oh i remember when like like there was a I'm going to say this. I don't think they're defunct, but like, I remember when there was a party city in this building. Mm -hmm. Like I, like, I'm not saying you need to have like interior photos or shit or like, Hey, I remember like, cause there's in that same general area, there's a store that used to be KB toys. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see just like a photo, kind of like how Google has, like, if you go and zoom in on Google maps, now you can see like street level shit. Mm -hmm. I would love to see archival photos of like what it looked like when the KB toys was in this installation yeah. or like, you'll, I'll see a building and I'm be like, I feel like I knew what was in there, but uh-huh. I want like a visual representation of what it yeah. was just so I can say, I remember when that was there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's kind of what I mean when I'm like saying like these relics of the past, like, I think that like, it'd be, it's cool to be able to look back kind of like obviously like we're not going to put a fucking plaque and be like here here stood one up once upon a time the blockbuster on 49th and and like michigan or some shit you know but like i'm not asking for that necessarily because i'm not like saying it's a historical thing but i think that it'd be cool to kind of just see you know like how we have like photos of chicago in 1818 and like Mm -hmm. like you know to kind of see like i want to see wisconsin like milwaukee wisconsin in 1992 like yeah like show me that or like mm-hmm. St. Paul, Minnesota in 98, like, mm-hmm. like show, like be like, I want to be able to see right. stuff like that. Right. It's funny that you say that. Cause <laughs> when I was in Oklahoma city during my trip, I went to the national memorial for the Oklahoma city bombing. And at the beginning of the, the museum, there's like a little exhibit, a little thing that was talking about like life in 1995 because that's when the bombing mm-hmm. happened and yeah. so it was like this thing of like look here's a cell phone from 1995 here's a computer from 1995 like here's and it was just so funny to like see it as historical or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and for me to be like I remember I got this okay thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> like I just kind of skipped over it because I was like I mean yeah I was only nine years old but I remember it's we're good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I I just think that like we shouldn't necessarily rely uh, solely on the internet for that because like for sure sure. there's like videos of being like you know like uh kids react or whatever and they show them a rotary phone and kids are like what is this and you're just like oh my god I need Excedrin right now my back hurts so much (laughs) like my back hurts just looking at it yes but Um, like I think that it'd be cool to have like standing like just you know just like the standing uh, a standing representation of what like a summer school in 1996 looked like like because mm-hmm. i remember like the fucking pastel color or the the, the yeah the, not the pastel color but like the 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 um vibrantly colored uh half shell mat imax like oh. li- like lined up in the computer lab yep. like you know like mm-hmm. which is a phrase that like i don't think many schools have 
in the sense that we had them like nowadays they've got like essentially like e-learning in the classroom basically mm-hmm. like where, mm-hmm. like I, I remember when I was doing Cole's Wild Theater this has become a nostalgia trip I hope you enjoy when I was doing uh, when I was doing Cole's Wild Theater children's theater we went to a school that was like pretty well off in terms of that kind of stuff and like they had a a essentially like a blackboard that like was like electronically based like they could you know like write on it and then it would like do stuff on the projector etc cetera, etc cetera. it was it mm-hmm. was very fascinating mm-hmm. very fascinating stuff so yeah yeah and that's that's one of the things interesting that they show in the documentary as well is that like one of the things that they talk about is that when blockbuster got started there were a lot of like independent video rental places and partly why video rental took off in the 80s is because when video first came out because until the 80s a movie was in the theater mm-hmm. and then and it was, it was gone you could maybe catch it on tv TV. yeah yeah in a Uh, condensed like format but that was it right so in the 80s when vhs was came out i mean before that there was laserdisc but not a lot of movies came out on laserdisc and like Mm -hmm. it just it was never a medium that really took off so when vhs came out vhs vcrs were not cheap and vhs tapes themselves were like 80 to 100 dollars each and so it was like, do I like this movie enough to pay $100 for it? You know, that kind of thing. And so so video rental places really took off because it was like they had capital to be able to buy a bunch of this stuff. And you could go and you could rent videos and like a lot of places you could rent a, v- a VCR as well. So like you wouldn't even have to put in the money to, to buy an $800 VCR or whatever which isn't that just hilarious to think about um now that you can like practically give them away if you have them (laughs) but but yeah you could you could rent the player and the tapes and my dad would talk about how when he I want to say like in probably like 82 or something was part of was like a member of a, a a video rental store and that meant that he could rent a video every day mm-hmm. rent one video every day um for a for a set cost or whatever and it just it's just so funny to think about it but but yeah that's basically why they they kind of took off is because it was it was kind of cost prohibitive for a lot of people to be able to own all that but the but to be able to go in and for you know five dollars rent this this tape for the night or a few days or whatever was really lucrative but yeah they talked about how like these places needed a lot of startup capital because to buy all of those videotapes was pretty expensive and so a new release would come out and they'd have like three copies of it Mm -hmm. um and that when blockbuster came out they you know because of the franchise system and whatever they had more capital and were able to purchase more but also one of the things that set them apart was software that Mm -hmm. they had data-based software to make it easier to check movies in and out and keep a keep a um, a log of inventory and that 
most video stores up to that point were using pen and paper yeah. to like just keep track of who had what. Also, Be Kind Rewind comes to mind, not just in the phrase, but also the, was it a film? Or was it a documentary? I, don't I think so. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it, so I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so that's partly the reason why, why Blockbuster took off so much. And they, they show that obviously because there's only one Blockbuster remaining, the software, the proprietary software that Blockbuster was using hasn't been updated in several years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and that, it's, a, it's a film, by the way. It's not a documentary. Okay. And that that this last blockbuster has a bunch of old computer terminals from different blockbusters so that they can like Frankenstein together CPUs when they need them when something breaks they can find a piece from a different one to to put it together and that the software is still on a three and a half inch floppy disk (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so that when the teenagers that they hire a lot of teenagers are people that that work there and young adults that they come in now and they're like we have no idea what this is but we have to learn it because that's the software that we have to use and so it's just so funny how it's like Mm -hmm. it really is like a frozen moment in time almost except for the fact that when you look at what movies are on the shelves they're new movies Mm -hmm. um but um yeah because she the woman who who manages that location talks about how like if she can't get something from a from their distributor or whatever that she goes to walmart and target and best buy and stuff and buys dvds for the store and i just mm-hmm. think it's so so precious and goes to costco like it, it, for the it, candy it's, a, and... <laughs> it's, a, it's essentially become a small business like right yeah it's basically an independent business but they are still paying to use the name essentially mm-hmm. and and branding but yeah because that was that was the thing is like what happens if you can't use the name anymore and she basically said like we'd close but other people were like they should just change the name to something else and stay open i feel like but for her though it's it's the it's it's the principle of being a blockbuster right why she keeps it open it's not i I feel like for her it's not necessarily like the business model Mm -hmm. is what is important to her i think it's Mm -hmm. keeping the name of blockbuster alive it's like yeah because i feel like if it if it really was that as a situation she wouldn't have fought so hard for the contract to be renewed she'd just been like whatever like we don't care we'll just keep we'll stay open we'll just be something else i also think that like if they just changed their name to something else i don't know that they would have enough business like i think part mm -hmm. of their business is being a blockbuster is being a blockbuster and so people coming from all over i mean yes it does sound like there's a lot of people in the bend oregon area that come there specifically or come there just because it's a movie place like it's still a part of their the fabric of their their lives and their community and whatever but they also get business because people come from all over the place to see the last blockbuster and so I think if they were no longer a blockbuster and they were just a video store I don't know if they'd be able to stay open as long as they would Mm -hmm. I also think too that she has said like I want to go down with the ship so like you which know. is like very admirable i want to point out because like, <laughs> she basically was like oh you know we talked about me and my husband talked about retiring in five or six years or whatever but like if they'll keep renewing us past that like i kind of want to go down with the ship so 
like I don't know maybe I won't ever retire we'll see and like mm-hmm. all this stuff and yes I think so in her mind it was sort of like when when they will stop renewing is when I will stop working mm-hmm. and now that it's become such a big thing it's like well now it might not never happen so I don't know what to do mm-hmm. um but yeah so I don't know you've said that you went to a blockbuster in college we had a blockbuster in Fargo and I would go there occasionally but for the most part I went to other video rental places because there were ones much closer to my house growing up than the blockbuster in in Fargo (laughs) so so for me blockbuster is almost more like culturally nostalgic I guess as opposed to like personally nostalgic video rental is more personally nostalgic yes Um, you know that we would go to we would go to cashwise video cashwise is a a small grocery store chain and and they would have um they had their own video store started out in the in the grocery store and then became its own its own little shop front kind of next door premiere video which was like again there were like two or three locations or something like that um and then I remember there was a video store that I would go by every day to and from work that closed I don't know probably just within the last couple of years okay um which I never went into I'd always drive past it and go like oh I should go in there there's a video rental store like what and then I never did and so yeah, it's funny how there are like ones still here and there, not just this last remaining blockbuster, but other other ones in general are just kind of out there. But yeah, so so I actually never had a blockbuster membership, mm, that's, okay. I don't think, um, because I rarely went there, but it definitely was an experience, I feel like, because it was generally bigger than most other video rental places because of the bright blue and yellow coloring and walls and carpet. And, you know, in this, in the documentary, people talk about how like, there's a very specific smell to a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I can, I can sort of remember that to an extent. And the plastic of the movies and the popcorn if there was some places would have popcorn we had we had a plate we had one that had popcorn and I remember that like that was the place that had like the best quote-unquote the best candy you know like we went to like pick and save I guess uh or, or like an Aldi and it's like the candy was good but for some reason the candy that you would get at a blockbuster was just much better yeah, I, well, because then they always had like movie theater candy as well, mm-hmm. like in the yeah. boxes like that. But I'm saying that like yeah. the Reese's pieces that you would get at like your just grocery store better. just tasted less is less good than you yeah. going up to the counter with your copy of like Cruel Intentions and just being like, <laughs> let me get let me get that box of Reese's pieces. Yeah. Do you like how I'm just pulling like the fir- the very first like retro ass film I can think of? Like <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Oh man, cruel intentions. Okay. Anyway, um, I've never seen it. I just happen to know that that's an old ass <laughs> movie. <laughs> it's it's a trip, but yeah. And I remember specifically about video rental that like the places that I went to 
had I remember they had see and I can't remember where was what and so I don't know if it just got if it changed over time or if it was different locations had different deals but there was like a five for five for five or a seven Mm -hmm. for seven for seven which meant like you'd get five videos for five dollars for five days and and that those were you couldn't get new releases in Mm -hmm. that but but yeah so I remember or seven for seven for seven so I would I remember going to the rental place and getting to pick out you know three or four movies and then my parents would pick out a few and and we'd keep them all week and we'd watch we'd watch them all and sometimes twice and yeah so I I mean that that was like such a big part and you know in in this documentary and and I feel like a lot of what people say when they talk about the nostalgia of the video rental is like this idea of going on a Friday night um, and picking out a movie like with a date or something or with your girlfriend or, or whatever of like going and, and arguing over what movie to pick for the night and um, going home and ordering pizza and watching this, the movie that you finally settled on or that you each got to pick one or whatever. And mm-hmm. that like part of the nostalgia is that like it was part of the date it was part of the yeah. Friday night was, was the picking yeah. out was, going that was, that was, that was, that was literally the grand grandfather of Netflix and chill. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One guy in the documentary called it foreplay. <laughs> was like <laughs> Walking around blockbuster for an hour with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what movie you guys wanted to watch was like part of the foreplay. <laughs> and I was just like, that's so hilarious. Because instead of like scrolling through Netflix's selection, you would just go to a literal storefront and just mm-hmm. walk around the shelves. Now, uh, the just um, just to kind of switch away from uh, Net- Blockbuster for just a, a few seconds, because mm-hmm. um, the one that we ended up starting to go to when Blockbuster, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. My, so when I was growing up, my guardian was always like the best deal kind of person. So like he went to pick and save until Aldi came around. Mm-hmm. And when Aldi was came around, even though it was much, much further away, he was like, well, that's a better deal. We're not going to pick and save anymore. So all of a sudden we would just start going to, to Aldi to get our food. And so we were getting used to new brands and stuff like that, because obviously pick and save and Aldi didn't have the same, you know, they'd be like going, just going to like, from like Kroger to like, or, or, or Meyer to like a more generic grocery store, essentially, uh-huh. for those of you who don't have Aldi in your area, uh-huh. or looking at, looking at your podcatcher, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Anyway, <laughs> or at your, your, uh, your infotainment console. Anyway, point being is it's like, so when all of a sudden, like places like Hollywood Video, which was another video rental store, started doing better deals than Blockbuster, we just started going there. And so it was very interesting to see because like you said, like the five for five for five. And I was mm-hmm. like, that is something that both Blockbuster and Hollywood video did, but they just called it different things. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. so kind of interesting how like you think that like companies are just being so innovative and, so, and stuff. And it's like, no, they're just copying off each other. Like, oh, and just, for sure. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that like my like, you know nine ten year old brain couldn't wrap onto but my 30 plus year old one can you know Mm -hmm. but it's just like very interesting and and I think one of the things that like Hollywood video did differently and I can't remember the name of the store so let me see if I can quick look it up but like 
they had a they had essentially they had like a catch on store, like a store to the side of it that was all video games. Mm. So you could literally just like go through a door and you were in their their other um their other property that only only dealt with like video games and video game consoles and mm-hmm. video game peripherals. But mm-hmm. it was just like you can come here and you could just go in there and you could also rent games, you could buy them, et cetera, et cetera. Game crazy is what it was called. Oh, okay. um, it was called Game Crazy, and uh, they it's funny because Hollywood Video went out four years before Blockbuster did. Because oh. Blockbuster, Blockbuster, I mean, both Blockbuster and and uh, Hollywood Video had a lot of trouble in that like 2008 to 2010 range. Yeah. Hollywood Video straight up did not survive. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster survived kind of like they kind of just like limped along until 2014 before yeah. like stuff really got that bad. So, like, right. But yeah, Game Crazy was the store that they had. And I remember like thinking it was so cool to potentially work there because it was like, it's, it looked like a, the, their logo is like this, uh, this like very 90s-esque font that it's all, it's all like outlined in like a lime green-ish color. And it's got like a red flaming shield behind it. At least that was like the major logo that they used. But you could just like they had a, a separate space where you could like just walk into the game crazy store without having to go into Hollywood video if you want. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture real quick. But like up until recently, there was it's funny because uh, they I remember they, that there used to be an old like Goodwill esque kind of store, like a resale store yeah. that got taken over by a family video. And it was a large oh. building. Mm-hmm. And Family Video was another one of these things, but they were, I think, like, they were a smaller chain, essentially. So they yeah. were still, like, a company, not mm-hmm. an independent small business, but, like, mm-hmm. a company. And when I drove past um, where that, how, that that Family Video was, uh, where, where that Family Video stood, like, a couple of weeks ago, they had moved into the subway which was a very small and not not like the subway like the transportation I mean like the store subway yeah that used to be there and if you think about it subway doesn't need a lot of space no so like that's where the family video had gone from like this large resale (laughs) store into the same spot where the subway that was attached to it was yeah like yeah I mean I I was like that's so crazy to me like right but it's so funny because like, yeah, when I think about going and getting video rentals, I think of maybe not quite that small, but like a pretty small space. Whereas like a Blockbuster was pretty big from what I remember. And from, you know, seeing the documentaries that like they were often pretty big, but there was something, I don't know. I feel like there was something sort of nice about the limited selection of of a video rental store even a even a large one be, had a limited selection um and obviously netflix's or you know other streaming services their their selection isn't infinite um but it's it feels a lot bigger and so the idea of picking something to watch between two or multiple people mm-hmm. seems that much harder yeah <laughs> you know with with Netflix because it's just like you could pick so many things that could, you could spend three hours trying to pick something to watch whereas like at least in a video store there was you know there were a lot of choices but there was a limited number of choices and 
particularly if you wanted something new, you know, yeah, there might be like a hundred copies of Titanic in 1997 but they might all be gone (laughs) as well so um so that was part of it too is like the limited selection of like what hadn't been rented what wasn't being rented and so so yeah I feel like it was like easier to pick (laughs) to pick a movie to watch with other people Mm -hmm. um than it is now uh, yeah and, that, and I feel like that that's true too because it's like you almost get like executive uh what is it what is it called executive something dysfunction like executive uh oh, you know yeah. you know what I'm talking about though yes, like you have talking. you have all the choice in the world so it's so hard to choose whereas like if you went into a store the size of like you know a defunct subway you yeah. could like subway sandwich shop to be clear you could go, well, they've only got like these things. So I'm going to pick what I want from these things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you have the opportunity to pick between like Mexican food and Italian food and like, like Tex-Mex and American is, it's much harder than just to be like, well, they got burgers and then they got pancakes. Like which one right. you want? Like, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Decision fatigue is a real thing. <laughs> Especially executive dysfunction, given, I think, is what it's called. I, yeah, I could be wrong, but yeah, executive dysfunction, I think, or executive function disorder, depending on depending on your experience with it. But yeah, yeah, I, gosh, I just like remembering going on a Friday night and just like trying to pick something. It's interesting because I feel like again, in the documentary, a lot of people would talk about that nostalgia of it and how like it was this community hub and like, you know, you, you could talk to the people that worked there and, and, you know, get their opinion on stuff or get their recommendation on stuff, or there would be like displays out that would be like, you know, these are Zach's favorite movies and these are Ashley's mm-hmm. favorite movies and these are people that worked there or whatever yeah um and that you could that you could ask them for recommendations and stuff like that and it's so funny because like I think we I think one of the things that that, that came to mind while I was watching that is like a I don't remember literally ever talking to anybody in a video store like I remember going up to the counter and being like you know, I'm going to rent these videos and like small talk with the person, but I don't really remember like asking for recommendations. And like, again, I don't remember ever like talking to any of the other patrons, the other customers in the store. And so these people talking about how like it was a place to hang out on Friday night and that like it was a community club and people are talking. And I was like, was it though? Or is this like just your, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I think that that's what it is. Or are these, you know, are the people that they're interviewing for this documentary the type of people who do talk to people in public? Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that does happen, but not as much as it, not as much as, as it's, it's portrayed, I think. Right. So like, part of me was like watching this going like, okay, I completely buy into the nostalgia of this. But I also feel like you're romanticizing this a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, like this, this idea that maybe, maybe it'll come back because 
people miss it and people miss the community aspect and people miss talking to other people and I'm just like I don't think it will come back (laughs) like I don't I sometimes I think it might be nice to have something like that but I also I'm like "Mm, if I had the choice between like picking something off Netflix or getting in my car and driving to a blockbuster yeah I'm gonna pick Netflix because I'm lazy and I don't like going out in public except that there's something about mental health that's good about going out in public. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, it just, it also made me just think about like, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't like that the way that these people are are romanticizing about this like community hub where you would talk to people and whatever. And, and I feel like that's something that's romanticized a lot, not just with video stores, but with like, you know, like people will go to coffee shops and talk to each other. And like, I, I just feel like that's something that's romanticized a lot of like, mm-hmm. we, we don't go out in public. We don't talk to people in public as much anymore as we quote unquote used to. And I mean, I think that there's something to be said for like, you know, small town life where like, you know, all the old guys hang out at the coffee shop in the middle of town uh, every morning and chit chat and, and whatever in this town of 50 people or mm-hmm. 300 people or whatever, like that stuff still happens. But, and you know, that kind of stuff used to happen a lot more before the internet, before phones, before like, you know, other things like that, that like general stores were a place to like find out the town's happenings and stuff like that. But this idea that even 20, 30 years ago, that some of these places were like, community hubs where people would socialize is like did they though (laughs) did they really I remember like I think about watching things like like friends or um like sex in the city or like how even how I met your mother or something like that where they show like people at a grocery store or people at a coffee shop or whatever just like seeing somebody across the room and being like that person's attractive I'm just gonna go ask that person out like does that actually really happen in real life like even in 1995 did that happen in real life so like I I, yeah I have no idea (laughs) there's a lot of like media and and nostalgia that like romanticizes this like the ways in which we as Mm -hmm. humans connected with each other and how we don't as much anymore and I don't know it just made me it just made me go off on a tangent about that in my head of like mm-hmm. um I do think it's true that like we do isolate ourselves more as time goes on but yeah. but I also think that there's something romanticized about the idea of of the ways in which we socialized in public in the past <laughs> totally agree totally agree with that so yeah that um I'm trying to think if there's anything else that are there any can... like Are there any like movies that you can think of that you like rented multiple times or I don't know? No, honestly, I can't think because like, even though we did go to like Blockbuster a fair amount, like that still kind of, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this, but essentially the the uh my 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 catchphrase of if you have a favorite movie i still haven't seen it mm-hmm. is generally still true because like we didn't really get that much from blockbuster that i wanted to necessarily watch like 
I remember like being nostalgic and wanting to, wanting to rewatch the Rugrats movie. So we got that, but we also mm-hmm. saw that in films. Um, I remember like renting the Power Rangers movie until Don was like, well, I'm just going to fucking buy it for you. You know? Yeah. And I, like, you know, to kind of go back into the things I, I saw, you know, a sign on, on the side of this, this image that I sent to Amelia and it was like n- no due dates and no late fees. And so it was like, they were trying very desperately to fight things like Netflix and things like, mm-hmm. you know, the, re- like the recession and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and as a side note, I'm remembering now that game crazy was a little crazy in the sense that like, they had like chain link on the inside of all of their windows. Like, like they were, it, it almost felt like they were afraid they were going to get robbed or something like someone's going to uh-huh. smash through a window. Uh-huh. But like, that was true. Like regardless of the neighborhood, I remember going to several game crazies and they all had like chain link fence on the inside. And I was like, that's a little weird. Anyway, they would like hang stuff from it. Anyway, point being, is that like there were so many tactics and stuff that were employed to try and 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 dissuade I guess the tide of you know technology uh-huh. coming for them because I don't think Hollywood video even got ever even got an opportunity where they could go digital I think they were just like it just it just came on too fast for them I guess for lack of better words or they yeah. just like weren't really making that much money so that they, they could you know launch launch a situation like that but you know it, it's I'm trying to think of this other games uh, I remember renting a WWE game when I was in college or a couple other games that I rented when I was in college that I can't think of the name of um, maybe Heavy Rain but I didn't play that I rented it for someone else which I mean, we talked about in a previous episode for a little yes. bit, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I, I'm when we when we talk about this kind of nostalgia, I, I feel almost tempted to to say our our thing of like we should talk about Toys R Us at some point because I know that like I feel very similarly about Toys R Us about how I did about Blockbuster in terms of like uh-huh. I remember wanting desperately to go to Toys R Us all the time as I did wanting to go wanting to go to Blockbuster all the time even if I was going just to be there you know mm-hmm. like I do remember sometimes mm-hmm. we would go to Blockbuster and not get anything right like we just didn't find the movie that we wanted or what have you so right. we just like left but like the the oh here, here's a loop to tie because we talked about this back in the Pokemon Snap episodes. Um, I remember wanting to go to Blockbuster a lot because of the kiosk that they had for Pokemon Snap because at the time you didn't really have like a way to print out any of your photos. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so you could that. go to the kiosk at Blockbuster and and I think maybe Hollywood Video might have had one too. Um, it was one or the other. I can't remember which, but like I remember going to the kiosk to print so like I'd print out those stickers. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and, and of course they did all sorts of promotions to have kids be there, you know, like they want, they want kids to want to come there. So they would put like, you know, promotions on like kids movies. I think I remember what the fuck there's a, there's an Eddie Murphy film where he's like a thief. Okay. I think maybe I, I can't remember the name of it. I think that there's an Eddie Murphy film where he's a thief that I, that we rented from a Hollywood video once like that stands out in my mind, but. Eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of too many movies or games that I like wanted to, that, that like I remember renting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remembering it being a great time. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, even if I would never get to the last blockbuster before it closes, it's still great to know that it's open and that it's mm-hmm. there and that like it's something that like people know about in 2021 that may have may have not even been like paying attention or like they were their formative years were uh, during the decline of blockbuster Uh uh-huh 
yeah I know it's it's it there's just something like weirdly hopeful about the fact that there's still one blockbuster remaining and that it just keeps hanging on so yeah I think that's really I think that's really interesting yeah Um, but yeah that's I think that's mainly what I had to say about it is just like how specifically 80s and 90s video rental feels even though it, it did continue farther than that but you know just the idea of those those big old plastic cases for VHS tapes hmm. um, that they would have there's just mm-hmm. something so visceral about hearing them shutting and I, and I gen- like genuinely wonder if you can find let me see here okay yeah there uh someone is selling a lot of v8 uh, the clamshells for like 45 bucks on ebay right now mm-hmm. or you can get uh slap shot the vhs uh case with the movie in it for 20 bucks nice. so you so if you type in if you type in blockbuster vhs on ebay you can see what some of this stuff looked like so what they ended mm-hmm. up looking like and mm-hmm. you know they had weekly rentals they had like weekend rentals they had daily rentals Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they, of course, did some things where, like, you could get the movie, like, essentially, you could buy the movie from Blockbuster, and they had like ex- exclusivity deals where, like, you yep. could, you know, you could only get that movie from Blockbuster, regardless of whether you could rent it or or, or buy it was, mm-hmm. you know, a thing. But so I also remember too that, like, I don't know about Blockbuster specifically, but like, I know other video rental places where, like you know, they would buy several copies to have when a movie came out so that the mm-hmm. new release would have m- many copies. But right. that once that movie wasn't a new release anymore, they didn't necessarily need that many copies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they would sell those copies, exactly. those extra copies for cheaper. And so you weren't getting a brand new movie. It had been, you know, rented by people, but you could get a movie for cheaper essentially used from the video store and i remember that's how i got spice world (laughs) hey i think i actually rented spice world as well there you Um, go it's like one of those things where i'm sure if someone brings it up i'm gonna go oh yeah exactly yes i did do that but Mm -hmm. but yeah it's hard to remember some of that stuff yeah i there were a few movies that i saw that i remember renting as a kid like multiple times i remember renting peewee's playhouse tape with like two episodes on it multiple times i remember renting a movie called wild hearts can't be broken mm-hmm. like several times like to the point where my parents should have just bought it for me and occasionally i think about that movie and go like i should watch that again and find out if it holds up <laughs> but yeah i know there are other movies that i rented a lot but I remember one time in high school seeing the movie Sweet Home Alabama in the theater mm-hmm. more than once because my friend Leah really loved it. And then when it came out, we went to rent it and they didn't have any copies available. And then we went to another place to rent it and they didn't have any copies available. And finally I was like, fuck it, we're going to Target. I'm just going to buy a copy. <laughs> oh, which is like what I should have done because I've seen that movie multiple times so like it made sense to buy it but like yeah I, yeah just remembering those times of like oh you want this new release no all 80 copies are gone yes they're gone 
fuck you. Yep. <laughs> Come back soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man. Good times. Good times. We should do an episode about why 90s kids are so nostalgic for the 90s because I have many theories and this is making me think about it. But Mm-mm. anyway, we can move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's that's pretty much all I got uh, as far as I, what I wanted to say for it. That it mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool thing. It makes me think about the times in which like I unwittingly was like going to Blockbuster, but also building my queue on Netflix for them to send me stuff. And it's how like, you know, I got into shows that I probably wouldn't have gotten into because it was like, oh, it's on DVD. So I can consume it on my own time as opposed to like, this is like, you know, pre, this is pre like, you know, uh, I can't even remember what the term is anymore. The, where you can essentially just like record a video and then uh, record television and watch it later. Um, You know what I'm talking about, but I don't watch TV enough to really remember what that term is. Steph does it all the time. She records Dancing with the Stars or Maths and then watches it later. Or just like watches it on demand. I, I will say that like this is something that you, that you brought up earlier that I wanted to like not let go by. Mm-hmm. I remember when people were freaking out about Blu-rays being incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. and I was like laughing internally, remembering how much that my guardian told me that like Betamax players cost when they first uh-huh. came out, yep. and VHS players cost when they first came out, and I was mm-hmm. like, y'all, y- y'all clearly don't understand how the, the like how the the adage of those who like forget history are doomed to repeat it because it's like Betamax, VHS, DVD players, Blu-ray, like all of it extremely expensive when it first came out. All new technology is expensive when it comes out. Yes, yes. It's like if you get a Nokia, like an old brick Nokia phone nowadays, if you can get one to work and like work with your network, (laughs) it's not going to be that expensive. But those phones, like the phones that we like meme about that are built to last, were expensive as hell when they first came out. Yep. Adjusted for inflation or whatever, you know, right. but like they were expensive as hell. And so like whenever, whenever people were like a thousand dollars for a Blu-ray player, what? It's like, yeah. Like you're, if you think about it, like you're essentially getting in your home, the level of quality that like used to be used in like production rooms for like movies and shit. Like right. really that's what it is that you're getting. So right. like, Nowadays, when people are like freaking out about like, uh, and not necessarily in a bad way, but like when 4K was like, everyone's freaking out about 4K. It's like, you realize you're essentially just getting hand-me-downs from like the movie industry at this yeah. point, right? Like they've been using 4K forever. Right. You're not It's now you have access to it. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so expensive is because like, you know, like I remember when I was on a commercial shoot, someone was like looking at one of the production boxes and they pulled up like while we were just like sitting on a break, they pulled out this massive lens. And I was like, that lens probably costs like forty to fifty thousand dollars yep. by itself, just the lens, not mm-hmm. the camera, just the 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 metal plastic and glass lens, the just together, that housing, 40 grand. And it's yep. like if you think about that, like the lens that's on my camera right now at, you know, 10 years ago, if it was being used, probably cost, you know, a, a similar amount. It was probably ex- incredibly expensive. Hell, the lens right now is still incredibly expensive. Like it's, you know, f- upwards of 500 bucks, which like, you know, mm-hmm. is something to sneeze at if you think about it now, but like at the time, anyway, I sound like the the old get off my lawn guy. So I'm <laughs> Just, just, I mean, just that's that's just something to think about that I was just like, yeah, totally. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting to kind of just see 
the background of all of that stuff happened. Right. Right. That's all I got on Blockbuster. It was cool. It's sad that it's almost gone. I hope that, you know, it's they they stay open for as long as th- that last one stays open for as long as it wants to. But and I think that we should at least have some sort of a repository to know like wh- what it is that that has passed by because it's like sometimes you're like uh, I remember there's a, there's a store that that now sells like BIPOC hair products okay. uh, near my house. Mm-hmm. But I distinctly remember it being a play it again sports. Oh my gosh. And before that, it was it was like a record man. Like it mm. just sold, it just sold like vinyl albums. Uh-huh. Wow. And I was like, you went from vinyl albums to play it against sports, but like play it against sports. I mean, that's a lot of like sports equipment in a very small amount of space but okay anyway yeah that's so funny just yeah it was just it was very interesting to kind of watch that trajectory I guess and I think it would be cool to be able to understand what businesses come and go in your neighborhood and stuff like that anyway that's yeah. it that's all I want to say about it yeah <laughs> at least well, for now if you want to share a favorite memory of a blockbuster or uh, a video rental place. Uh, you can find us at A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And you can add an at gmail.com if you would like to email us. Indeed. With that being said, I didn't make up a theme song for it, but this is Amelia, what the fuck is this? Woo! Which I guess is the theme song at this point now. It's you know, <laughs> been over a year, but so... I guess I'll have to change the lyrics a little bit. Anyway, this is the part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy kids on the internet and I show it to Amelia without any context. I will say, I will give you this context. I was fighting over several things and I was just like, you know what? This is going to be what it is, I guess. Cause I had so many different ideas and I was like, I don't want to pile them on and just burn like seven of them. But I, <laughs> but at the same time, I wanted to be like, all of these are hilarious. Watch all of these back to back to back. <laughs> okay. No sound by the way. Okay. <laughs> this clip was titled Backfired. Yo. <laughs> okay, so it's like these two people outside with like an exercise ball, like one of those really big balls that you can like sit on at your desk or whatever. And these two people are like using their chest slash torso to abdomen to like hit it to each other I guess and at one point (laughs) the guy throws it it hits the woman and then bounces back and hits him in the head and he falls over (laughs) yes oh man just Mm. the things that we come up with to do to occupy our time (laughs) i just thought it was very interesting that like like on its on its and maybe maybe i'm just over overthinking this whole situation but like at its base core i was like well this is hilarious to me because i like seeing people get hit with those giant exercise balls that's hilarious to me right every single time but also i was like he basically like uses his dick and she just like uses her tits the first time and then he does it again and she's like here like just just like ass shot, get it, get wrecked, fool! Like, yeah, she kind of like turns around, like, no, that hurts or whatever. Yes. Yeah, um, and yeah, he gets knocked on the ground, 
they um, both find it hilarious off and then like but he's laughing yeah so. They, they, yeah so it's clear that there's no like malicious intent here i was just like this is like it's just like vaguely horny <laughs> i guess yeah it, it, it was it funny a little bit yeah yeah oh so God. yeah anyway that's all uh right. well that, check that out um it's it's funny that's all i have for you on that <laughs> yeah check that out on our instagram the day that this comes out the day after Thanksgiving. It'll be, it'll so. be there. Yeah. So yeah, so you can find Amelia at Shake Meets World on uh, the Instagram. And uh, when they occasionally choose to uh, tweet, then you can also find them there. You can find me at A Black Sparrow uh, pretty much uh, on, on the places that uh, I would like to be, which is uh, Twitch, YouTube. Even though I don't really use YouTube, I actually have to, I actually have to post something on YouTube coming up soon because they're like, your AdSense account's going to get uh, deactivated which isn't the biggest deal in the world but i don't want it to be so i'm gonna put yeah. something on youtube uh also twitter instagram and tiktok i'm slowly 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 understanding uh that i need to post stuff there on a regular basis but i just i don't know i it's it's like one of those things where like i want to be able to have shit to post on instagram but like sometimes i just don't do anything and i'm like well i yeah. don't i don't want to like fabricate something just to post just for the pur- sole purpose of posting on instagram right. but i i suppose i should maybe get over that mindset and just do it anyway yeah. um but we'll see anyway uh, you can find me there and uh uh sharekrobinson.com is also a thing if you uh would like to buy some merch i believe it is uh there's a link to it there so you can go uh, on my website as well and i think if we don't already do that i will put a link in the description so i'm pretty sure we have one yeah pretty sure we have one as well so, yeah. yeah that's basically all we have for you this week mm-hmm. so i guess with that i've been amelia I've been sharing and sometimes you wake up bloody and disoriented from a car crash and you go to the road and you flash somebody down and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'll help you. And then they like literally fucking die and they swerve off the road. And then you go over there and you find that they're dead and you like take the cell phone. You're like, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing here. And you check your wallet and you're like, oh, this is my name and cool. And then you actually realize, oh, that's actually not my name. That was the name of somebody else. And you walk over to their place and like basically everyone just starts coming up to you and then they, they fucking die. And so you were like, oh shit, this is really bad. I don't want people to die every time they come around me this is fucking weird and then all of a sudden you like find out that this woman is also having amnesia and she comes like near you but she doesn't die and you're like oh so maybe i'm cured and then someone else comes by you and then and she walks away and then you die and then you basically figure out that basically in order to not like literally kill people by being around you have to have this woman around you and no one really wants to believe you and then like the cops come and stuff and then like all of a sudden you realize that like your twin that like your the the woman's like twin sister is missing and that is like a weird wrinkle so you go through all of these like fucking weird things and and find out that you were actually like a fucking serial killer and you were going to kill this lady and then you got struck by lightning and a weird anomaly happened and some like thing happened where basically you have to be in the same radius as this person and then you realize that you were going to kill this person and then the lightning thing stopped you and now you are like just basically like a walking death machine and so you are trying to like save this lady and atone for all of your sins and shit and then she ends up uh she ends up getting shot and then you decide that you're just gonna like go ahead and shoot yourself instead of like becoming a thing so that she can go and get treated okay bye bye <laughs>